Birthing from the Inside Out is a place where we gather to talk about how pregnancy and birth transform us. I'm your host, Shannon Backus, certified birth doula and childbirth educator for over 10 years. I hope you'll grab a cup of coffee and join us for fun, gritty, and educational conversations all about birth. From detailed birth stories to insights from birth professionals and birth-related services, each episode will help you evaluate just how transformed by birth you've been from the inside out. Disclaimer, this podcast does not provide medical advice or diagnoses. All content is for educational purposes only. Seek the advice and recommendations of your medical practitioner. On today's episode, Miranda shares her personal journey through three different birth experiences. From navigating healthcare choices to embracing the transformative power of giving birth, Miranda provides insight into her developing self-trust and understanding of God's design for birth. She shares intimate details of her births at a birth center, her home births, and her experiences of catching her own baby. Miranda also explores how birth has impacted her emotionally and spiritually, particularly amidst a family tragedy, and encourages other women to trust in themselves and their birth instincts. Settle in for a heartwarming journey of a woman's radical responsibility and power in birth. I have grown as far as birth is concerned to trust myself a whole lot more, specifically in that birth works and birth works not because of guidelines or protocols or a midwife or an OB or doula, but birth works because birth just works. It is designed so well. Welcome to the Birthing from the Inside Out podcast. I am so glad that you're with us today on the show. I have my friend and client, Miranda, who I have been with for her three births. And I am just so delighted that you get to hear her stories today and get to hear how birth has transformed her from the inside out. So welcome to the show, Miranda. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us. Absolutely. Why don't you begin just by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, anything you want to share with us? I am a stay-at-home mom to three beautiful, very blonde children. Our goal is to homeschool. We'd eventually like to be out in the country, maybe with a dairy cow. We're kind of a little crunchy, not super crunchy. And I absolutely love birth and it Mm -hmm. has really been a very sanctifying and transformative experience. I'm so glad that you get to share that with us today. And I don't know if you want to begin by telling us about your first birth. I think as all first-time moms do, we kind of jump on YouTube or Pinterest or any media of choice and just want to watch everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, At least that was me. Before I was even pregnant with my first, I was so enamored by birth, watched birth stories all the time. And so I was exposed to uh, a variety of positive stories and it just clicked in me that birth didn't have to be this really scary, awful experience. And somewhere in watching all these birth stories, I came upon the understanding that birth centers existed. And so I'm not pregnant yet. And I decided to just Google if there was one of those around where we lived and lo and behold 
uh, there's actually a birth center very close to where we lived. So I knew that if we ever got pregnant anytime soon, that's where I wanted to be. And, you know, obviously as I'm got the baby fever really bad, we got pregnant shortly after, I want to say it was about a year, a, a year into our marriage. We were really excited about it. And at that time, I was still under my, my parents' insurance and we were initially with an OB since that was fully covered because at the time, early on in pregnancy, the birth center was not in network. And so that just really wasn't an option for us financially out of pocket. We had a lot of kind of intense life changes that happened around about the same time that we became pregnant with our first and so cash out of pocket was really not something that we were able to do. I know a big part of what I want to share in my birth stories is not just the birth stories themselves, but the way that God has provided for me through each of them. There are just significant wounds that I have come out of my family of origin with that he has transformed through birth and through his provision through each of my three children so we were initially OB care with my first it was it was an obstetrician that a lot of the ladies in our church had used she was spoken really highly of I remember uh, my pastor's wife had shared that she had prayed with her after her baby girl was born and that just you know sounded like okay you know I'll, I'll go check her out pregnancy continues Somewhere in that, I knew I wanted a doula, and that's where I found you. <laughs> in fact, I I believe I found you because one of the doulas that was advertising, it was a really outdated card, and she I think she was like, how in, how in the world did you get my card? And oh, I was at the OB's office. And then, then I think she sent me your way. So initially, we were going the OB route, and... I had had an appointment around the 27, 28 week mark. And at this point, there were things about the hospital system that I knew I didn't like, but I thought I could work around. And if I had a doula, I could possibly avoid some of the experiences that I did not want to have. But I remember an appointment where I had discussed some things that I did not want or some things that I did want. So I was, for whatever reason, I was really hung up on the HEPLOC and I just really didn't want it. And I knew that I didn't need it. But the response I got was basically, well, it's hospital policy. So that's what we're going to do. And I just, I left that appointment feeling really anxious about the birth and knowing that I was more than likely going to be entering into a space where I was not going to be respected and where I was going to have to fight for whatever it is that I wanted or didn't want. Mm -hmm. And I, at that point, was not confident in myself to do that. And I was afraid of what the birth was going to turn out to be like. And I remember calling my husband just really upset and in tears and he was like, I don't understand what's, what's wrong. Hmm. He recommended, well, why don't you just call the birth center 
or maybe he honestly I don't remember the details of it but I just got this this inclination you know what I'm just gonna call and see and lo and behold they had actually accepted the insurance that I was under I think two weeks before I had called them mm-hmm. so it was a very recent situation and it was just such an answer to prayer because I did not want to give birth in a hospital so we thankfully were able to go the birth center route and I was right at the cutoff for when you can switch or when you can be a new client it's around 31 or 32 weeks and that was right where I was so we met there it was just so different I knew that what I wanted was just their standard of care And so it wasn't something that I had to fight for, which was really important to me at that time. Just knowing that I did not want to be fighting for what I needed or wanted during birth, because that's not the time to have to be advocating for yourself. So birth story, (laughs) he was almost a Christmas baby. So we, we went. Christmas dinner with some friends uh, Christmas evening and I just remember that my back hurt so bad my back was so uncomfortable and my back has always been uncomfortable so I didn't really think anything of it and I have had really intense Braxton Hicks for all three of my pregnancies so that night I didn't sleep really well I think I woke up pretty early and my back just hurt so bad and I remember just feeling really crampy I thought, well, I'll get up and I'll go get in the shower. And of course, we were having issues with our water heater at that point. So I did not get a very warm shower and it was not very helpful. It was actually quite uncomfortable by the end of it. And we just kind of hung out. It was not this stressful sort of day. Just eight. We were really into 24 at that time. So that's what we were watching. And we just decided to start timing them because I was actually having contractions coming and they were getting to that 511411, but I felt pretty good. So I wasn't really sure this isn't, this isn't that bad. I don't know if I called you first or if I called the midwife uh, hotline for the birth center, but I, I think it was the midwife first. And so she kind of was like, well, let's just see how it goes. Call me back in a little while. And I, for whatever reason, I think that just made me really emotional. And I Mm. think just the realization that, oh, this might actually be happening Mm. just kind of kicked things up a little bit. Maybe it was the adrenaline. Maybe it was just the way my labor went that time. And I think I called you and you encouraged me to call back (laughs) because I think I called you quite upset. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And by that point, just they very, very quickly got really uncomfortable. And by the time we decided to leave, I had gone from, oh, this is not so bad to, wow, these are really intense. And of course, we had a good drive. And so I I cannot ever recommend labor in the car. It's just, it's terrible. (laughs) And in hindsight, now that I know a little bit more about how my body labors, I was a lot further along than I thought I was. And I do believe I entered transition as I got in the car. So I transitioned in the car on the way to the birth center and it just went from 
manageable to just so incredibly intense. We weren't at the birth center very long. I think we were there for maybe four hours and, and my first was born. I, I feel so privileged that that was my first experience because even though there were things about it that I actually wanted to shift and change for my next baby, it was just so incredible and positive and amazing. It just lit my fire for birth. Mm. So basically, here comes number two. And we went back to the birth center, but I just had some with John, with my first. One of the things that I wanted to be different with my second was more instinctual mother led pushing. Because with my first, I really didn't feel the urge to push. And I was kind of encouraged to push and then just kind of never stopped. And I I don't know how much would have changed if I would have waited for the fetal ejection reflex. You never really know. And there's no point in meditating on past experiences. But that was something I knew that I wanted to be different for different reasons. I tore pretty significantly with my first and I was hoping to avoid tearing with my second. And part of that was my own pushing myself and being in charge of that myself. So that was that was a goal with my second was I wanted to experience the fetal ejection reflex and just push because I couldn't help but push instead of being guided to. So with my second, we started off at the birth center and I just... I knew that we wanted to be, I, I knew that I wanted to be at home, that that was really where I wanted to give birth, but we were still uh, shifting from some major life changes. My husband totally shifted careers uh, before my first was born, and he was still working through kind of climbing back up the ladder, so to speak, after shifting careers. And we were not necessarily prepared for the out-of-pocket cost for a home birth midwife but it was just something that was really important and I I believe I had talked to you about it and you to give one of our local midwives a call and just talk to her about it that you never know what she can do well I did that and I called her and she was able to incredibly flexible with us and that flexibility and that generosity from her allowed us to be able to have a home birth with our second. So again, I don't just want to tell the birth stories, but I want to highlight the way that the Lord provided through each of them. So with John, I remember there was a very specific midwife at the birth center that I met and that I just fell in love with. And I really wanted her to attend the birth but you don't really get a say because it's whoever's on call. And she was the one who was on call that night on the day after Christmas. So just seeing that God heard and wanted to provide for me in that space, not just in providing the birth center, but this woman that I felt safe and connected with and who was just very motherly and kind that he gave me the place that I wanted to be and the midwife that I desired and the, the birth experience that I desired, because I didn't know if I could do it or not and that I did it and it went well. 
and I wasn't left scarred or traumatized. And then to shift into the second child and to want a home birth, but know that that was not financially feasible. And that through the midwife and her flexibility and her kindness, that we were able to have that home birth. And again, here comes the Lord providing something that only he could have done there. And that he really does care about the specific desires that I had on my heart. So Caleb, my second, was our first home birth. Oh, and I was just so excited about it. Hmm. I'm still so, so glad that we have, we have been able to do that twice. So with my second, his birth was significantly different than my first. John's was about, oh, I want to say 12 hours start to finish, unless you count the back pain the night before. Caleb was an hour and 45 minutes, hmm. which was very unexpected. I remember praying leading up to his birth some words that God had laid on my heart at that time was uh, joyful and gentle I was hoping that my second birth would be more joyful and gentle (laughs) on both my own body and my baby so with Caleb I woke up as you tend to do (laughs) when your body is getting ready to have a baby and I needed to use the bathroom and I spent quite a bit of time in the bathroom and then just kind of quickly realized, okay, that I don't think this is just my stomach bothering me. So got everybody up just was like, my goodness, is this really, is this really labor? Is this really starting this intense already? Got my husband up. He got the birth pool set up. My mom was there. It was her first time seeing a home birth, seeing a physiological undisturbed birth. That was her first time seeing that. And that was incredible for her as well. And with Caleb, I I had a goal and I had a desire that I wanted to catch my own baby. But at this point, you know, I had progressed from that first time mom who knew she didn't really want to be standing up for herself and advocating for herself in the middle of labor and I had garnered a bit more confidence from my first to my second enough that I, I knew I wanted to have my baby at home but not enough that I really knew that I could do it myself that I didn't need anyone else's help or anyone else to tell me what was right or what was wrong with me or what I needed to do, or what I didn't need to do. I still felt like those around me, those that I had hired to come in and be there for me, that they knew better than I did. And it just not having a really strong conviction about my own responsibility in my birth experience. And so it was just so fast, and it was so intense. And I I definitely got my prayer answered for the fetal ejection reflex. There was nobody <laughs> that needed to tell me when to push because my body started doing that very quickly. Mm-hmm. You got to the house before the midwife did. Mm-hmm. And I think you were a bit not excited about possibly catching a baby. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember you were quite relieved when uh, the midwife did finally show up. But I I remember that 
the midwife, she asked me if I wanted her to support my perineum and to catch the baby. And even though I, I wanted to catch my baby, there is such vulnerability in that space. And I think that this is generally true for most women who are giving birth. We are very suggestible. It's very easy to put something into the space and influence us because we're just in this very vulnerable we're seeking guidance we're seeking solace we're seeking support at least i was at that time and so looking back i feel that i gave away my responsibility and i did it willingly but i wish that i wouldn't have i wish that i would have said no i want to catch my baby mm-hmm. or i wish that i would have not been asked that question because i i do believe that if i had not been asked that question I would have just instinctively caught my own baby. And so then looking back, I can see how that did play out much differently in my third birth. But his birth was, it was just so amazing to have your baby in your your bedroom, in your birth pool, and to crawl in bed and cuddle that sweet, sweet baby. Um, just the peacefulness of it. It was so nice not to get in a car, active labor, and drive even if we had i don't know that we would have made it to the birth center with my second he probably would have been a car baby Mm -hmm. so from my second to my third all through each experience i have grown as far as birth is concerned to trust myself a whole lot more specifically in that birth works And birth works not because of guidelines or protocols or a midwife or an OB or doula, but birth works because birth just works. It is designed so well. And each experience has brought me deeper into an understanding of God's goodness and his design for birth. Have you enjoyed listening to Birthing from the Inside Out podcast? By now, we all know about the algorithm. By leaving your ratings and reviews on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, you'll help other people just like you find the show. Birth transforms us all from the inside out. So by simply following, rating, and reviewing, you'll be helping other families have positive transformational experiences as they carry these stories into their births. I will dive into my third. There's a lot. There's a lot in Idella's birth. There's a lot that happened that year. Hopefully I can get through it without being tearful because I'm sure tears won't make for good recording. <laughs> We've had lots of tears before on the show. Totally. They're totally welcome. In the space between my second and my third, I just came to this really settled feeling of my body was not dangerous for my baby as I grew her in my womb and that my body did not become dangerous once labor started and that just the same way that I did not have to have control or I did not have to know what was going on every detail throughout pregnancy 
that birth was the same way that I could really deeply trust that my body and my baby knew what they were doing and that I didn't need anyone to tell me what to do because my body knew what it needed better than anyone outside looking and observing could know. And I just came to that really strong conviction. And we, we shifted midwives with my third because the midwife we actually went with was the midwife who caught my first And so this woman was just very special to me. (laughs) She's just such an incredible person. And her, her faith is such an integral part of the way that she practices. And we just click. We just click really well. Absolutely adore. And I am so thankful for the midwife who attended me for my first home birth. And so it was not in any way, shape, or form that I didn't like her. I didn't like her care. It's just there was... There was just a different way of clicking with the midwife with my third birth. And so she she was someone that I was able to clearly communicate to her what it was that I wanted. And she was so okay with that. She was so supportive of it. And she didn't make me feel like I was going against the grain of what she felt was appropriate. She was very much so with woman, your birth, your way. (laughs) I think it's her slogan, your birth, your way. And that just was really important to me. I really wanted autonomy. I really wanted to just be trusted. I really wanted to just trust myself Mm -hmm. in a way that I really didn't with my first and my second. I had done a lot of reading prior to her pregnancy and I think there was actually a point you were, you had one of our, it was one of our home visits and there was a book on my bookshelf, um, Unassisted Home Birth, I think was the name of it. And <laughs> I think you commented something along the lines of, you're not, you're not planning anything. You're not planning to tell my something, you know, you're not, not doing anything. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> no, we're going to have a midwife. She's going to be there. But really and that was a that was a specific way that I I expressed to you what I wanted and how Mm -hmm. I expressed to my midwife what I wanted I wanted a birth the autonomy of the instinctual birth but I wanted support I wanted someone there to be with me I didn't want to do it on my own I wanted a, a midwife who would come who would be there for me and who would love me and support me emotionally, but who would sit on her medical hands, the management, the protocols, the guidelines side of it, and just trust me. I wanted her to just trust me, to know what was going on. And and I don't want it to sound like I don't need anyone's help, because that wasn't the way I felt about it. Because I distinctly mm-hmm. remember feeling that I would know if I needed help. And I wasn't opposed to asking for help. I wasn't opposed to my midwife needing to step in and intervene. But I just so deeply trusted that birth works. And if it's not working, I'm going to know because my body is going to tell me so. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So that was the way that I kind of was cannonballing into my third birth. And I, I'm sorry if I never, maybe I did share this with you. I know I shared it with my midwife. Um, 
So this might be news to you, but my, my father committed suicide about a month before my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. And so like I have said, with each birth experience, I have grown in self-trust. But with each birth, I've also grown in the way God has changed and shaped and healed parts of me that only a father can. So I, I had a present father. He was physically present. He was not he was not a good father. He was not a father that I could trust. And so as we tend to do, when our earthly father does not paint that picture of safety and grace and provision that our heavenly father provides, it can be hard not to layer your earthly human experiences onto the character of our heavenly father. And with each birth and each child and mothering, I have felt like God has stripped away certain lies or just illuminated for me different things that I've believed about him because of the experience that I've had with an earthly father. And so with that last month before she was born, it was very difficult because I knew that she was experiencing my grief. You know, she was a part of my body. Mm-hmm. Not, not like she was off in this separate place. And, and that was really hard to know that she had no choice in it, but she had to experience everything that I experienced. And I knew enough at that point that I knew it didn't make sense and I couldn't fathom how it was good or how God was good through that. But I knew that he was, and I knew that eventually that grief would, just the concept that God's glory is, it's proved no matter our circumstances and no matter the tragedies, he is still good even in those things. And I, I knew that even though what I was experiencing was really difficult. And towards the end of her pregnancy, because my second birth was so precipitous, that was really intense. It was a very positive experience. I didn't feel traumatized by it. But coming up on the realization that I might have to do birth that way specifically again was very, was causing a lot of anxiousness, (laughs) as I'm sure you can imagine. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I really was blessed by meditating on some truths and some words through my second's birth, joyful and gentle. And his birth was a whirlwind. It was a freight train. It was insane. But as I look back on who he has been and what he was like as a baby, he is such a joyful, gentle little person. Mm. <laughs> he was not a little baby. <laughs> He's not really a little person. He just, he is, he is so gentle and he is so joyful. And so I just felt that I wanted to aim for that sort of meditation and 
prayer again. And I actually have my journal from way back in 2022, a couple days before she was born. And I don't know if it was the very first time that I have written these words down or if I had had these words before, but I think it was the first time she was due, her, her due date was September 6th or September 5th. September 6th, I had actually written down in my journal, courage, joy, and laughter, because that was really the opposite of a lot of what I was feeling at that point. It was mm-hmm. very heavy losing my dad the way that I did. Our relationship was not good. So I had really had no contact with him for about a year previous to his suicide. And it just, there was so much that was so hard about it. And so courage and joy and laughter were really kind of the opposite of what I was experiencing at that point. There was a lot of anxiety about just the way that it was going to go, because that is something that's not in your control. You don't have any control over starts how short or long it is how intense or not it is that is something that is so incredibly out of our control and I I wanted to have courage and joy and laughter in that experience I wanted to approach it in a way that wasn't that wasn't from a place of fear so her birth started very similar to the way my seconds did I would say the only difference with hers was when I initially was woke up by some stomach pain and need to run to the bathroom. It didn't come on full blast, intense, hard contractions. I actually had maybe three or four contractions where I actually felt a little bit of what labor is like when it's not precipitous. (laughs) And so I was able to breathe through those contractions and kind of sway. And it just was a really sweet time just for a couple of minutes where I knew that my baby was coming soon, but I wasn't in the full-blown adrenaline intensity of transition and pushing a baby out. So that was a special, sweet little moment because I had prayed that I would have a little bit of warning, that it wouldn't be quite so shocking. I also prayed that it wouldn't be so fast, but Mm -hmm. I didn't get that one answered. And just the fact that my husband was able to set up the birth mm-hmm. pool as quickly and as efficiently as he did just really mm-hmm. blows my mind. That man is a miracle. He is. He did amazing. Uh, yeah. And so it was just so incredible to experience that birth because I was trusted. I was given that space to just let my body do what it needed to do. And I, I didn't need to worry about, oh, should I be pushing yet? It was so incredibly intense. And I, her birth, from the moment I got into the tub, which was pretty much as soon as it was, it was starting to be filled up, I really needed a lot of physical support with her. And I hung onto my poor husband's neck <laughs> for the entire hour and 20 minutes that I labored with her. I'm so thankful for him. I don't know what I would have done if he wasn't there. And I just immediately, I mean, my body started pushing very, very quickly. And I just knew my body knows what it's doing and it's okay. And things just 
continued and she very quickly was coming down the birth canal and I was able to support my own tissues. I was able to support myself as she crowned. And I remember getting to the sensation that I had felt with my first and my second, where what I thought was crowning was not crowning. Mm-hmm. And so I, I remember that with my first and my second, when I got to that sensation, I just thought, oh, I want to just get this over with. And so I pushed as hard as I could, but I didn't have my hands on my own tissue, on my own body, knowing what was going on. So with her, I realized, oh my goodness, this is not, she is not like, I, there's a good ways to go. I don't want to just cannonball this baby out. (laughs) I need to slow down. I need to wait. And so I did, and I, I slowed down and I, I panted and her head was born. And I remember feeling, feeling her head and trying to figure out, okay, where, which direction? And I, I found her ear and, and I remember touching her head and just how soft and velvety her head was. And her head was born and it was probably about 60 seconds before another contraction came. And, you know, I had my fingers on her little ear and I could feel her head and her body restitute. I could feel her turn. And then she just came right out. That is just one of the most incredible things I've ever experienced was touching my own baby as she came out of my body. And there was no one else there but my husband. I do remember feeling your hand touch my arm. (laughs) Remember how badly I was shaking. The adrenaline was so incredible and so intense. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I just and and it's the instincts I remember I think she she wasn't crowning yet she was she was somewhere I would say probably mid pelvis and it was just so incredibly painful for a moment at that point and I I remember sticking my leg just straight out sideways mm-hmm. and just kind of wiggling around and nobody told me to do that my body mm-hmm. just knew I needed to make some space for her to descend and to rotate looking back on that is just so fascinating and then when she was born you know she came up in front of me and her amniotic sac was over her face and so I picked her up by her armpits and I pulled the sac off of her face and I I remember I brought her up to my chest and then again instinctively I remember just putting her back up into the air and kind of holding her up and it just you can see her body and her chest kind of open and expand. And then she really cried. So again, to just see and experience that instinctive, that my body and my, the mothering instinct that God gave me, I knew what my body needed and I knew what my baby needed. And she just, oh, she was so peaceful and so beautiful and she transitioned so well. That is one of the most special experiences of my life is it just being her and I, as she was coming out and catching her, it was, it was absolutely incredible. And if there's one thing that I would recommend (laughs) that I wish I would see more of is women catching their own babies. Mm -hmm. That's just something that I feel like we've, we've gotten away from, we tend to center the expert and not 
the woman and the baby. Mm-hmm. And I think so many women who don't know that they're capable of being safe and instinctively knowing how to provide and to receive their baby without someone telling them what to do or giving them permission or that if it was just you in the woods by yourself, you would know how to catch your baby. You would know how to birth your baby. Now, obviously, most of us don't want to give birth in the woods by ourselves. <laughs> and and courage and joy and laughter, not only was that something that I desperately needed leading up to her birth, but that is also something that I have needed reminded of throughout the first year of her life. Because it's been the first year of the death of my dad. It was something that I have grown through and experienced just such a weird juxtaposition of how much joy our daughter has brought our life amidst a really difficult year. And I, I wouldn't have ever known that the, that God had laid on my heart would serve me and would be needed now, just as much as I needed them leading up to that that anxiousness and nervousness about her. Miranda, you have done such an incredible job of just kind of painting the picture of how birth has transformed you. I know even just from John's birth and then into Caleb's birth and with Idella's birth, you know, just as you grew and as you changed and as birth changed you, your desires and your wishes changed. So thank you for sharing with us how birth has transformed you and has changed you as a person and as a mom and as a as a person giving birth, just even your desires and your your hopes in that. I hope that those who are listening can hear your heart behind what you're sharing and maybe it would encourage them to delve a little bit deeper to think about what do they actually want instead of going with the default of what the culture says or what a provider says. I really hope that your story has encouraged others to gain some of that courage, like you were saying, to speak up for what you want and to take your birth back, to take power in your birth and and to be engaged and to take responsibility for your birth. So thank you so much for sharing what you have shared with us today. As we wrap up our time, Miranda, I don't know if there was anything else maybe that you prepared to share about your transformation that you haven't shared yet that you might want to share with our listeners. I want to reiterate, you know, birth is transformative and we see that I'd really like to encourage women to evaluate what you believe about your body and what you believe about birth, particularly I'm coming from the perspective of a Christian, that what we believe about our bodies and what we believe about birth reflects the character of God. And does what you believe reflect God's character truly? Do we believe that he made something that does not work and that does not function and that is not good? Does that truly reflect his heart for us? Birth, he meant it to be a blessing. He meant it to be transformative. And it can be that way. And there are always going to be exceptions and tragedy. We live in a world that's fallen and in sin. I don't mean to discount someone whose experience was not easy and was very difficult but that on the whole birth is good and it is made well and to trust him 
and to trust that he designed your body well and to trust yourself. We need to trust ourselves as, as mothers. We've been given instincts to protect our children, to feed them, to nurse them, to keep them safe. And that doesn't just start when you're handed your baby. That starts at conception. And that is something that you you have to take radical responsibility for your child from the moment that you conceive them. And it's something that you are capable of making choices that are good and wise and safe for your baby. You do not have to give that responsibility to someone else because only you know what's best for your your body and your baby and your birth. Hmm. That's really beautiful, Miranda. And your words are incredibly powerful and brave and timely. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your wisdom with us today and how birth has transformed you and changed you and just encouraging us all to evaluate just how transformed by birth we've been from the inside out. Thank you. Thank you. I love how powerful stories are in our lives, how much they can change a person, how our stories tell others about who we are and where we are headed, and not just how much those stories can change us, but also change the trajectory of our lives. Thank you for spending time in your day to dive deep into stories of how birth has transformed all of us from the inside out.